0: And here we go again. This is Jay Taft with your weekly sports podcast, Not Just a Game. Um, We've been reaching out during this pandemic and really trying to get guests that uh, are hitting home and kind of um, bringing these times right to the forefront. Um, And kind of helping us through a little bit as well. It's not just sports and what's going on on the field. It's what's going on off the field, what we're dealing with in life. Um, We've got a great story for you today. This is a young gentleman named Anthony Billups, who was a star Hananiga High School uh, pitcher. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and he's just got a, such an interesting story. He went on to pitch through college, had a car accident, lost his sight for a while. While he was um, blind, he learned or fell in love with. Um, His artistry, as well as playing the guitar, and he's now since grown into a rising star in Nashville, a professional artist and a musician who plays weekly on Broadway Street uh, when we're not locked down for this coronavirus. Um, but just such a neat story of how he got to where he's at and the success story that he is now. Um, so we've got Anthony Billups as our, our guest for this week's podcast. Now, it took a while to break down the story. It's so, so cool. Um, so I'm breaking it into two chapters. So we have the first chapter of the Anthony Billups story, which is here coming up right now. Um, and that breaks down his pitching days that started in and took him through college, and gets us through the accident where he lost his sight, and how he started to uh, mold into what he's going to become in the future then, and what he is now. Um, So this is chapter one, chapter two will be coming shortly, Um, but this is a half an hour of the chapter one of Anthony Billup's story. So here we go, let's drop in on that discussion right now talk with anthony billups and bring him in right now anthony how are you sir i'm doing well how about you i am hanging in there and i'm I'm really looking forward to getting your story out there and letting people hear um what an exciting life you've you've lived and some of the stories i'm sure as some of this stuff was going on it didn't seem all that exciting like uh Uh, some of the stuff that started things off, Um, but you've got some amazing stories and I want to hear them all. So before we get into what you're doing in Nashville, um, because you've just gotten back out and were able to sing, you even told me on Broadway here recently, you got back out, um, sing and perform. Before we get into all that, let's flash back Um, And go back to your Hananiga or to your pitching days that started at Hananiga and walk us through a little bit of your your life as a Hananiga pitcher and a little bit beyond there. and Give us an idea of how you became you.
1: (laughs) Well, um, you know, I, I, uh, at a young age, just fell in love with uh, everything sports. uh, You know, so um, when when I got to Hananiga, I was – starting to grow, you know, and starting to throw hard. And, and uh, you know, I, I got to uh, play JV as a freshman and I got to play varsity as a sophomore um, and then just fell in love with, uh, you know, throwing the baseball. Uh, the more we did it, the harder I seemed to throw. And, uh, you know, then I wanted to be a, a professional baseball player and uh, wanted um uh, just to throw baseballs for, for my life. And that, you know, it all started there uh, under coach Broderick at, at Hananiga, And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we had a great team. We had a great group of guys and uh, we were actually the very first Hananiga uh, high school team to, to win a regional. So, uh, you know, my, my senior year, that was our crowning achievement. Mm. And, you uh, yeah, man, my my whole life was was built on uh, playing baseball.
0: Now, I've never asked, how hard were you throwing back in high school? Did you have clocks on you back then? I think you did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, was, I was throwing in the 90s, uh, right. you know, topping out in the 90s here and there. And, and uh, you know, I had to, uh, it took me a while to learn how to control it. I'm not sure if I ever really did. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about not playing anymore, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I just kind of threw hard and, and, uh, just let her rip. I mean, I was, I, it was, you know, I look back on it and, and it, the art of pitching was, uh, I didn't really start learning that until I got into college, you know, and in, in high, in high school, you're young and I just wanted to throw hard. I wanted to pop mitts. Yeah. you know, I wanted to, I wanted all the glory and, and, uh, and of course, as you get older, you, you, you learn to, uh to pull back on the reins a little bit, but I was very much rock and fire at Hononega.
0: That's kind of the route for a lot of guys is when you're young, you know, and a lot of times you'll throw your arm right out as well. Um, you didn't have any issues, any injury issues in high school, anything like that you were able to rock and
1: fire, as you say, You 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 know, when, uh, about 15, 16 years old is when I, you know, really started to take it seriously. So, um, you know, I never, I didn't go out on the weekends. You know, I, did, I just was baseball all the time. So every night, um, I would, I would work out. We had a little gym in our basement. Um, I would, every weekend, my father and I, we'd dra- drive to Crystal Lake. Uh, they had an indoor pitching tunnel there in Crystal Lake. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, so, so, you know, I started taking it seriously and started learning how to uh, not only uh, pitch, but how to keep myself in shape. I was a big kid, so I, I never had any kind of um, arm problems or injury issues until we'll get into it, uh, you know, about after my sophomore year of college. Right. You were, I, I
0: see, listed at 6'2", back in your high school days. Does that sound right? Yes, yeah, big boy. Okay, yeah, that's a big dude up on the mound. Um, do you do you remember a record? Do you have a record? Were you like a hundred and one through
1: high school? I don't know. Uh, no, I probably uh, I probably held the record for strikeouts and walks at the same time there for a while. <laughs> no, probably still have the record for hit batsmen. I mean, I just like I said, man, it's like close your eyes and throw it. Fun, fun to watch. Um, now walk us through. I'm not sure if I'm on the uh, – if I still have the hit batsman record, but I, I don't know who would top it.
0: Yeah, hey, well, I'm the reporter. I should be looking that stuff up. Okay. up I'll see what I can find.
1: I was throwing all those boiling kids, you know what I mean? You just throw it, boiling. <laughs>
0: yeah there's still a rivalry even nowadays there i think um i don't know if you started it or not but we don't
1: (laughs) i've been going on for a while yeah i
0: think um so walk us through a little bit you you had mentioned to me before that your kind of mindset was at that point you wanted to be a big league pitcher and you were going to go whatever route it took to get you there from there right
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I literally, I ate and slept and breathed uh, baseball, um, you know, and and, uh, so the plan for me was, you know, in in high school, uh, obviously colleges were reaching out and a lot of, uh, you know, professional teams were reaching out. And uh, so in my family at that time, no one had ever gone to college, so it started becoming you know, if you get drafted and, and, and uh, you know, you get signed to a signing bonus and then you don't, it doesn't pan out, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're in your 20s and, you, you know, and you go back to school, what's the case? So when the professional team started reaching out um, I uh, with my parents, you know, when they asked, what would it take for you to get drafted? Uh, our caveat was uh, that. in in my signing bonus or in my contract or whatever, um, that if my career didn't pan out, that they would have to fund me going to school somewhere. And so basically you're asking for a huge signing bonus. When I just told you I could throw hard, which a lot of people couldn't do, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the greatest of control. Um, And and, and so, you know, I think that was probably asking for um, a lot. Uh, which I don't regret, and uh, so we didn't get dra- – I didn't get drafted. Um, uh, you know, I think at that price, you'd have to be like a top 20, top 15 rounds, and I, I, I just – I wasn't that good at that time, and, and, uh, and so when I didn't get drafted, if you go to a Division One school, you'd have to wait till after your junior year to get drafted. But if you go to junior college, you can get drafted after your first year, second year. Uh, So so I went to uh, at that time, right before um, I was making that decision, uh, David Seifert was was one of the coaches at NIU. So i had gone to a couple of camps at NIU. Uh, One of them, I met Dave Stewart. If you remember Dave Stewart, it was really cool. Uh, A fun fact and a and, and Seifert had just gotten the head coaching job at Parkland college. So that's where I went. I went to Parkland, um, played there, uh, you know, for the first year, um, we had a really successful season. We won a Juco national championship, ship, but it was just, there were just so many really great players on that team, uh, obviously. And, uh, Coach Seifert and I, uh, didn't see eye to eye on some things uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, I, I have, uh, my beliefs and I'm pretty convicted in those. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, um, I came back and, uh, through a couple phone calls, a guy that had recruited me, I think he was up at like UW Platteville or Parkside or something. He had gone down to, um, yeah, uh, Lincoln Trail College in Robinson, Illinois. So I transferred there my sophomore year, <coughs> and uh, and then um, you know, and then that's the big story. That's that's in story.
0: Robinson, Illinois.
1: Yeah, Robinson.
0: Okay. Yep. Um. And then, how was that season? Was that a successful season for you?
1: Yeah, you know that was the that was the year that I really started to learn how to pitch and how to, how to uh, attack hitters and uh, not worry about um, throwing hard as opposed to learning my locations and throwing strikes and uh, really learning how to compete within the strike zone instead of always trying to throw the perfect Mm. uh, pitch. And and so uh, uh, towards the end of that year, um, I really came on strong and was uh, really just – it was the best I'd ever played. And uh, and then um, we got – I can't remember why, but our coach gave us a day off. And then uh, so myself, uh, Josh Burt, who was my catcher, and uh, and uh, Tyler Evans, who was a second-base shortstop, we uh, decided we were going to go to Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, Watch a movie.
0: Yeah,
1: we didn't have practice, and then we got in a really bad car wreck, and uh, and it just kind of altered the entire path of my life. Oh my goodness! Uh, not we didn't know it at the time, uh, uh, but I didn't get to pitch in the playoffs because I had I had gotten this uh, really huge uh, goose egg, and my neck was all jacked up, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't get to pitch anymore. But then i had come down to Nashville. They had a wood bat uh, summer league that consisted of, you know, semi-pro players, college players. And I came down here, my first trip to Nashville and, uh, and, uh, was really throwing well. I was pitching well and, you know, I'm playing against guys that are, you know, some of them played pro ball. And I just was, it felt like everything was going in the right direction. And then out of nowhere, um, my father had come down on a Friday because we were going to go to, uh, what was it called? Um, Morehead state university mm-hmm. and Morehead state had offered me a scholarship and we went there, uh, to visit. And, um, it was right at the beginning of June and, uh, I was having just the worst headaches right behind my eyes. Uh, that week prior i'd been really tight my hamstrings i I didn't know why my back was really tight it was it was weird um and then so on the way to moorhead state uh, i just told my dad i'm like look man i I had this headache i don't know what's going on and uh, so we were at moorhead that friday and that saturday came back on sunday um my father uh, he was going on a trip. He worked at Life Touch Publishing in, in Love Spark. and he was going out of the country to look at some uh, like printing machines or something like that, printing presses. And uh, that Sunday, he was like, "Hey, go to you know go to Lens Crafters uh, tomorrow morning and just have them check your eyes because my vision was starting to go blurry and uh, it was getting worse." And so I went into uh, Lens Crafters on a Monday. Uh, and at that point, my, my catcher, Josh Burt was also down here playing and, uh, he was more or less having to hold my hands and, 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 walk me through the mall to get the lens crafters, uh, because I could only see about five or six feet around me. Like my vision was just closing in. And, uh, so I got the lens crafters and the, the eye doctor there, uh, dilated my pupils and he was just like. I can't, I got to send you somewhere else. So he sent me to an ophthalmologist. I went to an ophthalmologist. He dilated my pupils and was like, I got to send you somewhere else. He sent me to a neuro-ophthalmologist. And that was on Tuesday. I met with a neuro-ophthalmologist. He looked at my eyes and he was like, "Uh, you've got some fluid buildup on your optic nerve. I need you to get um we're gonna have to you know admit you in the hospital and run tests so on wednesday uh june 6th uh 2003 i'll remember it forever mm-hmm. um i literally was was put um in, in the hospital and i could, flat could not see i, I um, had lost a hundred percent vision out of my right eye and like 85 percent out of my left so mm-hmm. i just like um i and and the whole time it's just pounding headache right like right behind my eyes. Literally, there's fluid buildup on uh, on my eyes. So I was here in Nashville uh, by myself. My mother, you know, is trying desperately to get here. Um, my father's overseas, and uh, and I just before that, I had gone to Chambers Guitars, which is like a you know, they've been around for 40 years in, in Nashville. And I just bought my first, you know, actual guitar. Um, and and, uh, and I, I, uh, I had my guitar and I had my CDs and my Discman, you know, and I just alphabetized my CDs. So I knew that Garth Brooks was in the front, you know what I mean? I just I could kind of uh, finagle my way through the CDs and uh you know started playing guitar as i was alone in the room and and uh you know trying to uh just some kind of peace and 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 um, you know and then so then for the next six i think six days i was in the hospital uh all sorts of tests nerve tests um the spinal tap i don't know if you've ever heard the joy of a spinal yeah. tap yeah i've had one i had one of those yeah. and, and, uh, and they kept uh there was a lot of debate they were bringing a neurologist the neuro-ophthalmologist that i was telling you about sorry about that that's okay. uh the neuro-ophthalmologist i was telling you about they come in and they they were debating is it um uh, you know is it a spinal meningitis is it a viral meningitis is it a virus um and then the neurologist came in and I'll never forget my mom had just gotten there and of course my mother is terrified because what nobody can tell us what's going on Mm -hmm. and the neurologist came in and uh he was he was saying you know I you know I had another MS patient another MS and MS and he kept saying MS and, and uh you know, I just said, you know, what's MS, why do you keep saying MS. And he said, well, I believe you have multiple sclerosis. And, uh, so, um, uh, you know, that, uh, my mom was like, well, is, you know, I, she had asking questions. She, she says, you know, isn't that hereditary or something like that? And, and, and he was really cold. I'll never forget. It. He said, well, it's got to start somewhere. Oh. And, 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 uh, you know, she could feel, um, uh, what was going on in my mind and she said you know well look he plays baseball if you know well if he has ms you know will it impact that and and he said you know i don't think he will ever play baseball again and and uh so you know it was just it was devastating you know I you know fighting back tears here uh from 18 years ago mm. but so my mom, to her credit, man, I I tell you, she 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 could feel like kind of how I'm feeling now, you know, and she just grabbed my arm and she said, Anthony, don't listen to him. You know, she's like, look at your little brother. They told, you know, us that Nick would never walk. He'd never talk. Look at him now. I'm not going to allow you not to play baseball again, you know, and my mom is tough as nails. So it's... Uh, Sub story: My little brother is a three-time, four-time, I think, uh, Special Olympic gold medalist. Uh, He he, competed in the Special Olympics out of Harlem High School. In what event? Uh, The 50 meter dash, and the the uh, standing long jump, and the uh, softball throw. And what's his name? (laughs) Nick Billups. I wonder if I've done a story
0: on him in the past. I mean, was that when was that? When was he competing? Is so
1: it would have been when I about the same time. So that okay. actually the weekend that I was in the hospital, uh-huh. he was competing in uh in uh, I think it it was either Illinois State or I think it was in Bloomington. I think they had like the sectionals or something like that for Special yeah. Olympics, and uh, so he was competing. You know, mom came down to be with me. My uh, grandfather, Papa Dicky. He, uh, he had driven up to Bloomington to be there with Nicholas. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was also just for me being the athlete and for Nicholas competing, like missing his yeah. uh, his big moment was was, um, was terrible. But, uh, you know, that's what my mom said, um, and uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, so, so they just How basically – How was
0: your sight out for?
1: Yeah. So basically, they they put me on medication, some kind of optical steroids. Uh-huh. You know, I would take and and basically I would take all this medicine and just uh, and, and just sleep. I'd get up to eat and and just go right back to sleep because I couldn't see. You know, I had these headaches. Um, and if I got hot or if I started trying to do anything, um, you know, my it get worse. So I just laid around for a couple of weeks. My mom just cooked food and and, and took care of me uh, here in Nashville. And uh, so for about two or three weeks, it was gone. Um, and then for the ensuing couple of months uh, after that, um, any time that I would get hot or work work out or do too much physical activity, it would start to get blurry, you know, so I'd stop. Uh, so it was really kind of that summer. I remember, um, you know, sh- after it started coming back, I tried to go back out and, and pitch, uh, cause Tennessee tech, uh, school down here was offering me a scholarship. And I, I had, at this point, I had to kind of show everybody, Hey, you know, this is a fluke thing. I could still play. And I went out, um, and I was throwing, uh, the first inning was was uh, the first two guys I, I struck out and was just throwing great and but I could feel it. It was starting. My vision was starting to go down, and and uh, you know I was I was an athlete, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to you play through it, right? So here I am trying to pitch and I can't see. I already told you I had the hit batsman record, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I I threw one. Nick Hyder uh, was was catching and and I pitched and he. He threw one back to me, and I put my glove up, and it just hit me right in the chest. Oh, and so I was done, and, and so that was the end of that season. I came back uh, back to Rockford to live with my parents, and I, I remember we went up to like Summerfest or something like that to to watch music, and and I had to try to sneak up front so I could really see, and uh, so really kind of battled that through the summer. Um, and, and, uh, so Eastern Illinois university called, they still, um, wanted to offer me a full ride. I had to go to a doctor who, uh, had to sign a note saying, I believe that he'll be able to play. Mm-hmm. And, 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 so, you know, they, they still offered me the scholarship. Um, but I didn't, for the first time, since I was 14, 15 years old, I hadn't worked out. You know, I, I didn't work out that whole summer because I couldn't. Right. Uh, we, we did more tests. We got other opinions. Um, I had to go back every three months, six months, then every year. And they would run more tests uh, to basically disprove the multiple sclerosis. Okay. Uh, theory. And uh, so, but anyway, I, so I, I went down to Eastern. You know, I, I wasn't uh, in that greatest shape because I hadn't worked out. I still had a pretty decent fall. And then uh, in the winter, uh, we were doing all these, kind of like, look at some schools, Your your everybody's strength and conditioning coordinator is the same. The football players, the basketball players, the baseball players. And the pitching, you know, more so than anything, the very specific kind of workouts. You know you, you, it's 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 not big muscles it's the twitch muscles it's the ligaments it's the you know all that kind of stuff right and and they had us doing some uh like just football workouts and mm-hmm. i would never done them but i'm a competitor so and they have us listed who can bench this and squat that and and you know hang clean this and you know i and all these things that are really bad honestly for, uh, for baseball or for a pitcher and we were just doing them and I ended up uh, injuring my back. And, and uh, so, so, and tried to play through um, that injury uh, already messed up from this big life experience uh, that had just happened. And just mentally, it was just, I was down, you know, I was just not, in retrospect, the only thing that I would have done differently in regards to that is I would have sat out a year. Uh, I, you know, I ended up getting a medical red shirt anyway, but, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it didn't go down that great. Um, I ended up, uh, you know, I, I didn't concentrate on school. I was just, you know, I was not in a good place. And, uh, ended up getting kicked off the team. Uh, it was kind of like a mutually agreed kind of thing there towards the end of the season. And I uh, got my medical red shirt and um, came back to Rockford that summer. Um, uh, and, and was just talking to my father these two schools in Nashville had reached out. Uh, Cumberland University and Trebeca Nazarene University, both NAIA schools, um, and I just uh, I really liked the coach Woody Hunt. Um, he just just seemed like he was a guy that that could you know help me get back to being who I was, and and they were the best NAIA, one of the best NAIA programs in the in the nation. So I signed with Cumberland. Um, and when I got down here, you know, it's my fourth school in four years. So, so I, I, my first day I meet with the guidance counselor and he was said, uh, you know, what do you want to do for school? And I said, well, honestly, I just want to be done. I just, whatever I can do in my two years and I get a degree, um, that's it. At that point, they had just released a, uh, some study that said 90% of college graduates go into a field, uh, that they didn't study. Mm-hmm. So I figured whatever I can get done in two years, and then I'll go get a job in sales, you know, and that, that be what I do if I don't play pro ball or whatever, which at this point, um, uh, you know, that seems so far away. Um, so my guidance counselor, he's sitting there and he's, felt like he was at the computer for an hour you know because he's trying none of my transfers you know credits will transfer he's trying to line it up and he said Anthony the only thing you can get done in two years is art I'm like I'm going to get a degree in art okay like I just I'll spend the next two years drawing pictures whatever you know what I mean and and uh so uh that we get into that year and, and uh, you know, here I am, this big jock, you know, that's an art major. You know, there were six of us. At, it's a small school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just fell in love with painting. I, I had done a, wow. uh, a painting. And you had no history of it before that? I'm taking it. art classes. That's you know, I, I took an art class my freshman year. And I, I, I always loved drawing. You know, it was just... When, and to back up one of the things when I was in the hospital that I had thought to myself, you know, was am I ever going to be able to draw again? I kind of, you know, I, I realized how much I loved it. Wow. And, uh, but so I, I, I got into painting and, and uh, drawing and then Coach Hunt uh, to his credit. And I think this is what separates Coach Hunt uh, from a lot of uh, college coaches is that he had this ability to find out what you were good at and encourage you to become great at it. You know, he, he wanted you to work to be great at whatever it was, baseball, this, that. And I'll never forget, he came up to me, he said, Anthony, can you paint? And I said, well, coach, I, I, yeah, I can paint. And he said, well, I really wanna do something special for the seniors this year. Can you paint paintings of their jerseys? Hmm. And I said, sure. He said, I'll pay you $100 a hundred dollars a penny. There were 15 seniors. So by golly, he got me a check for 1500 bucks. I was rich. You know, I was like, oh man, let's go out tonight guys. You know, <laughs> but uh, so, but he was teaching me. Um, I didn't know it at the time. He was teaching me how to make money. Yeah. And, 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 and how to become great as an artist and, yeah. Um, and then you know uh, I had done a self-portrait that's everybody in art college does a self-portrait and uh, it was my first painting and I set it on the front porch of uh, the art house and and this guy drove by and saw it and he came in and commissioned me paid me 500 bucks to do a painting and uh, you know little did I know that this was kind of putting me uh, on the path of, of learning how to be a professional artist. You know, I came by it honestly. Um, there so.
0: it was. That was it. That was the path then. Yeah. Set off played. on the
1: path. I, I played two more years of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, baseball. I, I, I never really was able to recover mentally. I think, uh, you know... Those last two years, every time I stepped on the mound, I wasn't competing against the guy I was competing against. I was competing against my mind and my head and my past and my experiences. And it would all just kind of come back. And, uh, you know, after my very last game, I knew it was going to be my last game playing. Uh, Of course, it was emotional. And uh, I was crying. My father, who is kind of our thing, you know, he put his arm around me and he said, "Man, you can see, and it put everything into perspective, you know. And and <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, nothing else matters,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so, but it, as terrible as that uh, experience was, and and uh, you know the pain of you know my dreams not coming true, then mm-hmm. you know I, I'm actually really grateful." For it Because I feel like I have an incredibly unique perspective in life. I'd already had it from growing up with my little brother. Uh, and then having this huge thing happen. Um, and and uh, so after that, after college, I graduated. And, uh, you know, I didn't think anything about art and music. I, of course, I wanted to do it. I loved doing it. But it was how could I make money? how can I get a career and so I got a job in sales uh, quickly rose to the top of a really competitive company nationwide company worldwide company actually and I was the hot recruit you know, I was a young guy you know I came in with that athletic background and uh, you know was started to make really good money had a salary and base and but it just really was it was crushing my soul. Here I am in Nashville. I've got my guitar. I want to write songs. I love doing artwork. I went down to this art gallery uh, called take One Twenty One arts on third Avenue South. Uh, This would have been in 2006, 2007. And uh, I went in there and the owner of the gallery, I told him I was an artist. He said, well, let me see some of your art sometime. Well, I'd already brought it all with me. So I went out, I was driving a little Mazda three at the time for the gas mileage, you know, and my, my car payment, you know? So I I went out to my little Mazda three. I had 40 pieces of art. I brought them all in, showed it to him. He gave me a show and I took all those suits that I hated putting on every morning, all those ties, all those shirts. I threw them in a big trash can and burned them (laughs) And, and, uh, And and started that day, started chasing my dreams, 2007, and never looked back. Here I am uh, 14 years later. uh, We can get into some of the stuff that I've done, but, you know. And
0: there it is, Chapter 1 of our story of Anthony Billups, the former Hananiga star pitcher who went on to pitch his way through college. And right there we got into the accident that... Um, cost him his sight, only temporarily, Um, but that's when he fell in love with playing the guitar and his artwork. Um, And that led into the second chapter of Anthony Billups' life, um, which will be the next phase of this podcast. So this concludes chapter one. Check back here real soon for chapter two of Anthony Billups.